The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Vol and Birmingham said these coaches' expectations are set. Because the salaries they are making take less money and expectations will be lowered. Make five to ten million a year. People expect results. I think the salaries are a big part of it as well. And I think the Saban effect is part of it too, because Saban has raised the market for, for coaches um, too. So I think <clears throat> I think there are a lot of good coaches. I think there are a few great coaches, and those great coaches have to be at places where you can win too. Like you can be a great coach and be at a place without resources and you still won't get that recognition. You still won't win at a high level. So it's a combination. It has to be a perfect storm of being a being a great coach, being at the right place to have success that is sustained. Like you can be at Ogeron and win one or you can be um, Gene Chizik and win one at Auburn, but – are you going to be like Dabo? Are you going to be like Urban Meyer? Are you going to be like Nick Saban to win multiple championships? I absolutely agree with you. Say Vaughn Birmingham said mm-hmm. that. I, I completely agree. I mean, we're seeing it with Barnes, and rightfully so. Barnes is top five paid college basketball coach in America. Like Tennessee fans should expect Tennessee to compete to make the Final Four Elite Eight every single year and actually make it once in a blue moon. Like, it's not unreasonable to expect that when you're paying Rick Barnes the type of money that Tennessee is paying him. I I love Rick, but expectations have changed since he he first got here, and we've talked about that at nauseum here on – on the show, and things are about to get real interesting for Tony Vitello because his expectations are about to change. He He's now the highest-paid baseball coach in the SEC, mm-hmm. at least publicly. Tim Corbin probably makes more, mm-hmm. but but his salary is is not necessarily public. Uh, Jim Schlossnagel, the new A&M coach, he's, he's making 500K or uh, 5K less than – than Tony, so not not a huge gap between Tony and the next couple of coaches, and and some coaches got uh, refined deals over the off season and the SEC baseball world. But but his expectations are about to change because of the type of money that that he is bringing in. Folks are gonna expect for him to to go to Omaha every year. It won't happen every year, but it, it's fair for fans to to expect Tennessee to compete to get to Omaha and host regionals and super regionals and to win some games in Omaha with the, the money that is now being invested into the baseball program. Omaha, That's 1000% rightfully. Okay. Like Tennessee fans should expect more from the baseball program. Now should expect this level of consistency last season should, should be expected consistently. Now with the type of money that's that's being invested, so I, I completely agree with Vaughn Birmingham. You, you just saw it with Mullen, I mean, he's making seven million a year, just signed a contract extension, and, and then you have this debacle. 
you 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 buy out is twelve million. You get six million of it within the the first sixty days of of being fired. Expectations change when you make that type of bread. Simple as that. All right, let's get to. Uh, we got Corey Tinval. Corey Tinval. Good morning, sir. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Y'all, uh, the bumper music had me doing a triple shuffle over here. I was getting down to that. I like how y'all extended that out. I was getting down. <laughs> Whatever gets you going this morning, man. <laughs> uh, before I get to my question, Ben, uh, you ain't right for your uh, score prediction there in the Monday night chat. I, I was reading that this morning, let my truck get a little bit warmer before I head to work. I was spit coffee everywhere. So I like nice things. Yeah, yeah. I predicted uh, the Vanderbilt score to be 69 to nothing. Nice. <laughs> and if they win sixty nine to nothing, I'll go ahead and take the entire month of December off. You need to. <laughs> you ain't right. Is that You're an right. invitation to or hey, hey, we're not gonna score fifty according to you because it's too much. No, 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 no. <laughs> I said it's kind of crazy to expect fifty. I expect fifty. Vanderbilt is butt booty terrible. Fifty is a lot of points. That's how many? How many times has Vandy given up fifty this year? For us to break the record. Say, say that again, Cortaval. What was the number we had? What was the point uh, differential that we had to meet to break the record on the uh, most thing, most points scored for this program? Is it like fifty-seven? I think he said six, about 60, 60 away from breaking the record. I've been trying to look for the stat all like all morning. Yesterday I tried to look for it. You know, I thought it would be on the front of the press press guide, media release, but it's not. I think we'll get there by the bowl game easy. Um, but I was going to ask you guys if you heard uh, – you had a chance to hear Chris Doring's comments about uh, Florida's fan base how they're spoiled by their expectations yet. You know, Mullen went to three straight New Year's Six Bowls then the SEC Championship game and giving Bama everything they wanted. And it's just, I, I think it's, it's just, I don't know, it goes back to like what I was saying yesterday. It's kind of funny to sit back and watch that, you know, that, that they're, they're sitting there kicking and screaming and they're getting mad because not everybody's knocking their door down to come coach for them because, I mean, the, the, I do feel like not even just the fan base, it goes to the athletic department as well. Not that there's anything wrong with having high expectations. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is you can set your bar too high. You can expect too much when it comes to a certain point. You, they're going to have to humble themselves a little bit. I think – I really do think Napier is the guy for them. I just don't think he's – to me, and I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not comparing the two – on a level playing field, but I feel like Napier would be a Butch Jones level hire for them. He, he he's going to do fine. He's going to win some games. I just don't think that he's quite what they're looking for. But they they deserve a turn. They deserve a turn on on the the roller coaster ride we've been on here for a little while. They need a little taste of that. But I'll uh, I'll hang up. And listen, y'all have a great rest of the week. Happy thank, Thanksgiving. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I, I I like Billy Napier. I've liked him for a while. I think it's the reason why he's been able to be picky and choosy. Um, 
he's turned down. I mean, he's turned down some pretty big jobs because he's a guy that that can wait for a top five job. And now that one is open, he'll have his opportunity to take take it or decline it. Uh, I think Bill Napier is light years better than than Butch Jones. Uh, Bill Napier was an assistant uh, under Saban for a while. Be, before being fired as a head coach, it's different. Butch Jones was there after being fired as a head coach. But Bill Napier um, was there before he became a head coach. And they do this really intensive research profile on candidates. And I don't know where I saw it from, but it was really in-depth. It was on Billy Napier. It was on Frank Wilson, uh, who was a former LSU assistant. Actually, he was here under Lane Kiffin as well. Uh, went on to be the head coach at uh, UT San Antonio, UTSA. But, like, I saw this very intensive. It was like 30 pages of, like, background stuff on Frank Wilson and Billy Napier. And I don't know if I was supposed to see it or not. I don't remember. So I'm probably getting myself in trouble by mentioning it. But anyways, um, Billy Napier had checked all the boxes. He had checked all the boxes from what I saw. And so ADs really, really are high on him. And I think that's why he's been able to be picky and choosy. He really has been able to just wait. Now, I hope if he goes to Florida, that info is wrong. (laughs) I hope it is. But I'm a big Billy Napier fan. I thought he was going to be a great fit at Miami when I just thought Miami was going to be open and not LSU and Florida. Now that LSU and Florida are open too, whoo, and I should have known about LSU being open, open because that was something that we expected for months and months and months. He's right there in Louisiana, but I think he's going to be all right. I think the program, the school, the boosters, they have every bit of responsibility in a coach's success and failures. Everyone, everybody wants to point the finger straight at the coach. No, you, you, you got to help the coach be successful too. And Florida got to step up. That's why I think, and Ben, you think this too, that the LSU job is better than the Florida job. Because of the administration, because of the boosters and donors. But anyways, let me keep it moving. Um, did we find that number yet? I gotta find. We gotta find that number. It is sixty-four points, including the bowl game, and fifty-one for the regular season to beat the nineteen ninety-three record. Yeah, something going on with with, with your. Uh, Mike over there. We'll have to address that during the during the break. It's weird. It's it's crazy because we got a whole brand new broadcast console on the way, um, and so we've been dealing with some technical issues. That's that's timing for you. As soon as you go to replace it, the old equipment's like you better replace me. All right, I got something for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop acting right. So we'll we'll address that because that just that just happened, man, during the segment. I'm over here looking at the levels, and you were you were high as all get out when you were talking. Kind of like C-Mac. 865-255-03. We'll be right back. But Ben's going to give Attaboy to 
this staff for the commitment of Joshua Joseph. He is the 14th player in the 2022 class. He is an edge rusher, some, something that Tennessee needs. We need an edge rusher. Um, the scout report here on VolQuest.com says his, book, his best football is still in front of him. He's one of the most dynamic kids I've ever coached. His length, he's got this incredible wingspan, and he's got this great ability to get off blocks and make plays. You can do anything you want with him. And that's the first thing I noticed. First thing I noticed. First thing I noticed when I saw his photo. First thing I noticed is he can scratch his kneecaps dang near. He can dang near scratch his kneecaps standing straight up. Incredible length. Incredible length, which is very, very important as you're trying to get off blocks. Very important. You don't want offensive linemen to put their hands and get into your chest. The moment they get into your chest, it's over. It's a wrap. But the long arms, the longer the arms that you have, the harder for the offensive lineman to get to your chest, which makes it easier to get off blocks. So these are all measurables that, like, that matter, that recruiters are looking at. NFL scouts are looking at them. They're looking at them. When a guy's going from college to pro, they're looking at him. All that stuff matters. They're measuring your hands. They're measuring how long your arms are. They're measuring all these things because stuff like that matters. They're measuring how flexible you are in your hamstrings. Because if you got tight hamstrings, you're a guy that may have some some injury problems in the, in the future, and they don't want to invest all that money into someone that has tight muscles. So I just noticed his arms being super long. Like the boy can scratch his kneecaps standing straight up, and that's great for a defensive edge rusher. That is great. So let's do this. Let's take a quick 30 second to a 60 second timeout um quick take a quick little break and then we'll get ben's mic uh flowing and going and addressed and uh, get him back in here man technology technology for you be right back guys are taking guesses the swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 till 10 right here 
when you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Voted Best Barbecue in City View Magazine and a Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant in the Country, Dead End is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of Quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering and local delivery with Valet Gourmet. That's right, you can have Dead End brought to you. Can't think of the spread for your next event? Get Dead End to cater it. Check them out online, deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes.
All right, Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, Feel About That and Barbecue. We have set up three possible solutions during that break for Ben's audio to be good to go. Like I mentioned before the break, I have a brand new broadcasting console on the way because of supply chain issues. Instead of a couple-day delivery, it's turning to three-and-a-half to four-week delivery. So we're about a week out or so from getting a new broadcast console. Had engineer come last week to identify what we needed to make sure that we have everything in place when the broadcast console comes, have all the necessary cords and accessories to set everything up. So uh, we are prepared. This, this console that we currently have, um, it was time to, to get it replaced. So sorry for the inconvenience, but I think we okay. I think, Ben. Ben, are you, are you there, Ben? Am I here? Yeah! I'm, I'm, I'm glad you are celebrating. Yeah, I'm celebrating, man. Well, I'm sure for many, it was a blessing for me not to be hurt. No, man, it's a blessing. It's a, it's a blessing to you, be, to you being heard, and we can hear you, man. Dude, like, that's, that's the thing about doing this, like... I, talk, I tell people all the time, it's like, hey, man, you got your own show. It's awesome. Da, 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 da. But, like. It is awesome. But it, not, not these situations. Not, now we have to turn into the engineer. Correct. Because that's not, that's and, not my area. And we did not go to school in that. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's not my area. Now, I learn as much as I can, mm-hmm. when I can. I'm always asking questions. And, uh, but, dude, I've learned so much. It's so awesome. And I got a lot of respect for, you know, engineers and broadcast engineers. But. Yeah, man, we we good. So we got. Right, like, I'm talking about Joshua Josephs. Go for it, because he is a big time pickup for Tennessee, and I know we joke about that here on the show. He's a good get, good gets, big pickup, nice pickup. But Joshua Josephs is is truly a nice get, a a, a good get, and I think he is somebody that is going to outplay his ranking. On all of the recruiting services, I I feel like he's underrated on all of the recruiting services. And this isn't necessarily one for the stargazers, but I would encourage the stargazers to not be alarmed. Um, I I think Joshua Josephs is, is going to be a really good football player for Tennessee. He's been at the top of their board for several months now since the start of the summer. And it, it did come down to... Tennessee and Kentucky, but he's a guy that took official visits to Michigan over the summer. Um, he was talking with with Clemson's staff throughout the season. Uh, did not pull the, the the trigger on an offer, Clemson, but they they did have interactions with him. And you know, Kentucky. I, I know how people feel about Kentucky, but I I don't. I don't look at that as a slight in this recruitment of Joshua Josephs uh, because I do think Kentucky does a great job of identifying defensive talent and that defensive talent typically at Kentucky turns out to be really good college football players. Offense has been question marks at Kentucky. You can't question the guys that they've brought in defensively 
that have that have turned into really nice football players. So he he's going to be an edge rusher at Tennessee. He's he's somebody that's again been at the top of Tennessee's board. And if they can go out and land James Pierce and and let it be kind of a, a tandem, that'd be a really nice duo for Tennessee on signing day. And uh, it was it was all about Coach John Marie and, and Coach Heupel for Josephs uh, in in his recruitment and early playing time. I think that really helped Tennessee as as well. He told us at VolQuest that he just felt like he and the coaches clicked well. The game plan they have for me when I get up there is amazing. Plus, I've been talking with other recruits and connecting with them heavily. It's been good. Uh, said that Coach Jean-Marie is a friendly dude, a family dude, and treats us like we are family. His character you can just see it in the way he speaks in everything. He's just a good dude. We talk about life. It's not just all football. And he, he pretty much said the same thing about Coach Heupel, uh, that he's starting to turn Tennessee's program around and Tennessee is starting to get back. He's a really great coach. So I really like this pickup for Tennessee. He, he's been at the, the top of Tennessee's board, not only at his position, but just in general. And I, I think he'll outplay all of the recruiting services rankings. Like it, I like it. Um, where where are we and with him and Justin Williams being maybe a package deal? I don't know about a package deal per se, but I, I think Tennessee is in a in a great spot with Justin Williams, the the running back from Georgia, who decommitted from West Virginia last week. I, I know we've talked about him several times over the last week. I think Tennessee's in a great spot there. He'll be at Auburn this weekend for the Iron Bowl, and I think you're always cautious when, when Auburn enters the pitcher. Always. <laughs> with, with a recruit. But, I, again, I, I think he was really impressed by Tennessee's running game and how Tennessee's backs ran on Saturday night against South Alabama. And, I mean, he was he was up here on back-to-back weekends on his own dime, and I, I think that says a lot. So I don't think it's a package deal per se, but uh, I, I, quite frankly, I'd be surprised if Justin Williams didn't come to Tennessee at, yeah, at, at this point. It's not a package deal. It's just two dudes you know, that, that may want to come to Tennessee together that know each other. A package deal would be more of like one guy that a school desperately wants, really wants, but then they're only taking the second guy because getting him means you get the first guy. So, no, it's not a package deal. That was bad – um, but I, I understood what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I thought it was interesting. Joshua Josephs made the comment that he has noticed how good Tennessee has been to Georgia recruits over the years. Yeah, there's a a long line of of Georgia high school recruits that have come to Tennessee and been successful, and he's made note of that. And and I missed out Penn State. Penn State was the other school that. Joshua Josephs took an official visit to uh, over the summer along with Michigan. So it did come down to Tennessee and Kentucky, but there were some other nice schools in the picture throughout as well. Penn State, Michigan had talks with with Clemson. Gus was trying to get him to to go down to UCF. Michigan was Uh, salty. Michigan fans were salty. Yes. Why would you want look what Michigan is doing right now? Look at what Harbaugh is doing right now. Why would you want to go to the dumpster fire as Tennessee? Like, like in Michigan. You got to think about it. We've been taking Michigan's lunch money for years mm-hmm. with recruits. I understand why they are salty. I get it. I get it. Maybe we should stop taking those recruits. Hasn't necessarily worked out lately. I mean, it's because Eric we. Eric Gray, it, it, Harrison Bailey. It ain't. It ain't. It, it's, Crouch. it's not them. It's us. Oh, I know. 
It's just like bad luck. No. It's just a, a, a jinx to be mixed in with with Michigan. I, I'll add this on Joshua Josephs and put a bow on it with this. I found joy in beating out Kentucky for, for Joshua Josephs. I, I, I realize that that's not the, uh, the way at Tennessee. I mean, Ken says on the text box that Tennessee should never, ever lose a recruit that they want to Kentucky. And I, I do agree, but quite frankly, it's not been the case the last couple of years. There, there have been numerous prospects that Tennessee legitimately wanted that have gone to Kentucky over Tennessee. And Kentucky has been able to take advantage of the, the coaching transition and just where Tennessee has been at and been able to beat out Tennessee for some recruits. And the reason I find joy in this one is because I, I see the little comments that are made by Kentucky beat riders when they have beaten out Tennessee in the past for a recruit and their little slick comments and and slick shade thrown towards Tennessee. So I took a a lot of joy in in beating out Kentucky in this one. And and even Vince Morrow, you know, we, we know he likes to tweet. He's tweeted several times before when, when uh, Kentucky's been able to beat out Tennessee. So I, I, I did, find joy in, in beating out Kentucky for this one. I understand what you're saying. I mean, the thing about, the thing about Kentucky, Ben, is, is they have a stable program. And there's signs of development. There's proof of development. And kids want stability. They don't want drama. Tennessee has been drama. Hypo is showing and will have to continue to show that this is a stable situation for a young man to be here for three, four, five years. Because we haven't been able to do that, kids have felt more comfortable going to Kentucky, even knowing that you're not going to win at a high level. Your best season, you're still going to lose to dysfunctional Tennessee. So fans need to understand when when kids are deciding to go to Kentucky over Tennessee in the last couple of years, that's what it is. Now, everybody is getting close to that line as possible in terms of recruiting and breaking the rules. Everybody's doing that. So that don't really matter. Everyone's up to the line. Everyone's putting a little pinky toe over it sometimes here and there. Like that, everyone's doing that. So that, that doesn't really matter. But this comment from Ken, like you, we should never lose to Kentucky. Yeah, we should never lose to Kentucky in recruiting, but not if we ain't handling our own business, which we haven't been doing. Josh Heupel with another year of of the locker room. Being drama-free, guys playing hard, and then another year at it, doing the same thing, you'll start to see players not even mention Kentucky when they're picking Tennessee. But we're the reasons why it's like this. It's us. So we got to fix it. We got to be consistent. You can't trick these kids. You can't trick them. Because the players on the team are telling the recruits, hey, man, they either verbally telling you or non 
verbally telling you. You can you can feel the body language. You can feel the energy. You got you got you got some players on some teams, man, that passing notes to recruits like, "Hey, don't come here. <laughs> don't come here. Look at me. <laughs> don't come here. I slipped you a note. Read your note. Don't come here." <laughs> like I'm telling you, man. Like that don't happen, like literally. But like the look that you see in players' eyes when you get on campus as a recruit, you know they ain't happy. You know something ain't right. So we gotta fix that, and it is being fixed. It will continue to be worked on. It's always a work in progress. Your culture, but that's that that. Pick it between Tennessee, Kentucky. Man, that stuff's about to go away. As Josh Heupel continues to be consistent in building this culture. So, anyways. Uh, Skip to my loose says they take shots because we own them in every sport, including basketball. Oh, I know, man. I know. I know. Ken, you don't get under my skin, man. I just ignore half the stuff you say when it's out of bounds. But you don't get under my skin. A Smokey Bear Vol says, I love Zakai Ziggler's active performance in the movie Like Mike. Someone go check that man's shoes and make sure they don't say MJ. <laughs> you seen that movie, Ben? One of my favorite movies ever. Zakai Ziggler got on them old school J's. That was uh, in in the heart of my childhood, Swain. How dare you question if I seen like Mike? I, I was just wondering, man. I mean, it wasn't like it was a good movie. I mean, it, it was, was a, a great movie. I mean, the acting was terrible, but it was a you know, it was a good. It, it made you feel good. But great the, movie. Okay. Storyline is more important than the acting. <laughs> All right, you probably like Soul Plane too. Yep. <laughs> but Kyle Ziegler did have on the Jays, man. He he didn't hit the rim. He didn't hit the rim from three. The and one was my favorite. Oh, yeah. And if you've seen Zakai Ziegler in person, like he's as little as you think that he is. I saw him. I saw him. Um, what day was that? It was one day I was taking my daughter to the doctor. And we didn't go back to school that day. We just went on and went to dead end for like a late lunch. And Zakai was walking out with his with some with some folks. I'm not sure who they was. Probably was dead end. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have his hair done, so his hair was kind of, you know, it was kind of it was kind of nappy. No, he got good hair. It's never nappy, but it just wasn't done. We'll just say that. And I noticed him just because of his hair. And I was like, "There goes Zakai Ziegler right there." And my daughter was like, "Huh? What? That's him?" I was like, "Yeah, that's him. He's, he's short." So your, yeah, he he real short now. Is is your daughter taller than him? Like, yeah, she 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 close. He he is legitimately short. <laughs> <laughs> he is as short as you think that he is. Yeah, if not shorter. I mean, Kenny Chandler is what barely six foot, and Kennedy Chandler is short, and 
<laughs> Zakai makes Kennedy look tall. Yeah, he you know he puts his arm around Zakai like Zakai is like his little son. <laughs> I mean, that's how short Ziggler is. And, and the announcer said it earlier this season that he's going to be a fan favorite. Yes, because of how he plays, uh, his toughness, his grit, and Rick Barnes loves him. You can just tell he is going to be a fan favorite. He is a freshman. Just imagine having him for another three years. Oh my goodness, man, he's going to be so fun, so fun, so fun. But a good one, good one there, Smokey Bear. That was a good one. Vaughn Birmingham says, "I think Auburn's coach ends up at Washington." Man, there's been some, there's been some smoke about. Harson going back to the West Coast. Nah, I'm good. Because, you know, Ben, uh, people have made this comment before that you, people automatically assume that every coach wants to coach in the SEC. It's not built for everybody. It's not for everybody. Just like life is not all about money. There's some people that they're happy making the money that they're, they're making, of course, they're going to pursue it, but they're not going to ruin relationships and 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 step on people to get it. We all have different values when it comes to obtaining money. Not saying that money's not important because you got to have it to to survive. It's like oxygen; you got to have it. Coaches are the same way. You you they don't they don't all want to coach in the SEC. It's not all about money for them. It's not all about trying to compete for a championship. They understand that at some places you just don't going to have a shot to compete for a championship. But it's about stability. It's about your mental health and being in a situation where, you know, administration has your back. You know, they, they're going to let you do what you do. what you do. And some coaches are content with that. Like, you can't tell me Pat Fitzgerald couldn't be in the SEC at, at some point during his career. Like, he could have if he wanted to. Mike Gundy could have if he wanted to. But those dudes are just content with where they are. Northwestern will never compete for a national championship as long as he is there. Never. As long as any coach is there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But he is cool. Like Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle is from Ohio. He played Ohio State. He now coaches in Ohio. There's this assumption that he's just going to dip and just take the next big job. But – He's happy in Cincinnati. Until Notre Dame opens up. Listen, he may go somewhere, but he may not. But there's some coaches who are happy with just being where they are. They don't need to come to the SEC to validate themselves. So, like Matt Campbell, Iowa State is having a down season. But Iowa State fans are not going to kill Matt Campbell on Twitter for it and start this parade to get him fired. Whereas if Matt Campbell is having the season that he's having in the SEC at any school not named Vanderbilt, fans would be trying to get him fired. Not every coach wants to be in the SEC. And um, Will, Will Brian Harson now that Washington's open up and Washington State is open, I mean, that, that, that robbery game is filled with interim coaches. Washington, Washington State. Is this a weekend, JG's last college football game? Because he can't play. He redshirted. This is his free COVID year. He can't. He, he don't have any more eligibility. 
This is it. This is it. And and he has not been playing. The Apple Cup is a great. It's a great rivalry. Really? Mm-hmm. I missed the memo on that. Well, you must not pay attention to college football. I do, but I Apparently missed the memo. Those, those two teams hate each other like Ole Miss, Mississippi State, like Kentucky, Louisville, Clemson, South Carolina, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. They both stink. It's 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 great from when I say it's a great rivalry. I'm talking about from the perspective of how much they hate each other. I get it. And, and to me, you. that's what that's what makes up a rivalry. I get like, it. Like I like this week. I love how Vol fans love to say that Vanderbilt isn't a rivalry game, but but that energy on Twitter this week towards Vanderbilt sure does look different than most weeks. Some weeks. <sighs> It's less than it is with Georgia, less than it is with with Florida, less than it is with with Alabama. But it is a rivalry game. Oh, God. What's wrong with having a bunch of rivalry games? Since he has a bunch. The big three and then little ones with Kentucky and Vandy. They are little ones. That's right. They are little ones. Two and nine Vanderbilt. Because I don't know about you, but I hate Vanderbilt. Like, I, I truly hate Vanderbilt. I can't stand them. I don't have that, I don't have that same hate. I know. Uh, you, you I'm, wanna, try, like I'm, I'm over here trying. I know, I know. Like I, I'm over here imagining them saying something about like a family member or something. That's like, <laughs> like they're doing something to me that really will make me upset and mad. They're just annoying on, on, on social media. They're, they're, they're non-existent to they're me. Little, I don't even see them. Well, I see the same little brigade of fans. <laughs> That's probably why I'm... Let me go. Let me go look for them. Where are they? It's uh. What's, what's the? There's like three main accounts. Three main accounts. Annoying as all get out. I I've been to a Vanderbilt game. It was the 2014 Vanderbilt game, in which Tennessee won by a touchdown to gain bowl eligibility for the first time under Butch Jones, and the backup punter's mother hit my wife then girlfriend in the back of a head back of her head with a pom pom because she was mad that that my uh, wife yeah. was was uh, cheering because Tennessee scored a touchdown I remember that. and she popped my wife in the back of the head with a pom pom y'all didn't even say anything oh i said something what you say i said quit woman <laughs> <laughs> security security and she was absolutely doing it on purpose she she played it off like she wasn't but she she did it she's like <laughs> Like, B word. What? What she do? <laughs> you want to hear this? Uh, this this line in uh, the Washington State bio for uh, Jared Garantano? Oh, oh my gosh, man! No, I don't. Yes, you do. I don't. Recorded three. <laughs> can't even, can't say it with a straight face. Recorded three career. 300-yard games, and 13 career multiple touchdown games, joining Peyton Manning and Tyler Bray as only Vols quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in the game. Ah! (laughs) Swain walked out on that note, so (laughs) that'll do it for Hour 2 here on the Swain event. Hour 3 coming up after these messages.
for what is coming up on the Swain event. Out of town law firm.